everybody to another episode of the Guys Girl Show. My name is Blythe Brumley, and I am here with you every Monday and Friday during the football season. We only have one more game left in this football season. It happens here in the next two weeks on today's show for you, or tonight's show, rather. Um, we're going to get into some Super Bowl talk. We're not going to really talk too much about the NFC and the AFC Championship games because they were pretty much a snooze fest. Um, we'll get into some other stories um, if you're actually going to be watching the Pro Bowl. Um, we're going to get into some more, you know, about the Colts firing their general manager, finally, Ryan Grigson, um, Deshaun Watson, and uh, then we're going to get into some around-the-internet stories, and that's um, usually the, the, the most fun that I have, talk- because apparently, you know, at, th- at this part of the year, all you're really talking about is how your team lost and your team didn't make it to the Super Bowl, so there's sort of like a little bit of a bitterness attached to it, but, I mean, I guess most fans are, if you're not named the Patriots, are kind of used to it. So, first of all, before I jump into anything with uh, football-related, I want to wish a very happy birthday to the NHL. Today is their 100th birthday. They started out as a four-team league, and now they spread all across the United States. More than 30 teams, 31 coming soon. And then what is going to go on, it's it's across to different countries, too. So it's across the U.S. and in Canada as well. So congrats to them on their 100th birthday. I was really, really closely tied to the sport uh, for a long time. I spent a lot of my time in the minor leagues. Um, so hockey still holds a, a big place in my heart. Um, but the, yeah, that's um, just a couple little factoids about the NHL. They, their original six teams, so those are the most highly regarded teams as far as like Boston, New York, Chicago, Toronto. Um, there's a couple other locations that I'm missing out. Detroit as well. That'll, um, but they're the toughest guys to play in any sport, and they're the only sport till the to the this day that will still shake hands after every single game. So kudos. And if you haven't been reading any of our hockey coverage, and if you're sort of new to Guys Girl, then all you have to do is just go to guysgirl.com. Their second story, I believe, on the homepage is we have a new writer, Meg Smitherman. She's been killing it. Um, she's really just writing essentially one article a week, and it's the biggest hockey news that you can uh, that happened all throughout the week. So if you want to just I don't want to say skip watching the games, but if you happen to miss a few games or miss some news and notes or maybe you're on vacation or something like that, just go hit up on guysgirl.com. We usually have that article posted every Friday morning. So if you wanted to get caught up on that, go check it out. It's it, She's doing some really great stuff. So we're going to dive into the, the – and, and I want to say this. These NFL playoffs has been largely very, very boring. After – the, the record-setting performance from Green Bay and Dallas as far as ratings were, cons- were concerned, I think it was the highest-rated playoff game, divisional playoff games in, like, 20 years or something. But uh, the rest of these games have just essentially been a snooze fest. And that was no different from yesterday's matchups in the NFC and the AFC. Um, Falcons and Pats, if you've been living under a rock, they're going to be facing off against each other in the Super Bowl here in the next couple weeks. Uh, with the Falcons, they were up 24 to nothing at halftime. And I don't know if a lot of you guys like watching games like that, but I don't. So I sort of just put the TV on mute, and I sat right here at my, my home office desk, and I just kept working. So I, the, the TV's on in the background. I'm not necessarily watching too much of it because the Falcons are up 24-0. And you think, well, later on, we'll get a really good game between the Steelers and the Patriots, and that didn't happen as well. They were both a snooze fest. Um, there was, I did see a couple little comments, and I'll read those out. Those, you know, obviously the, the Packers had an eight-game win streak that was snapped against uh, the Falcons, that prolific offense, and, and really it was just Aaron Rodgers really out there on an island by himself trying to make plays, and he just didn't have the weapons that the Atlanta offense have. So kudos to the Falcons. It's their first Super Bowl 
since 1998. They've never won a Super Bowl, but it's their first one since 1998. And the NFC South becomes the first division to send all four teams to the Super Bowl since the divisional realignment in 2012. So that's kind of cool, too. And maybe there's a little bit of hope for the AFC South. And you you hear as I, I, I'm laughing as I say this because that, that's probably not going to happen. Um, but Super Bowl 2017, author, author Blank, he is the Falcons owner. He has said that he's going to take every single employee to the Super Bowl, which is actually kind of cool. So he's going to be buying them tickets. He's going to be paying for their travel. And he's going to be paying for their lodging while in Houston. He's going to pay for it all themselves. And I was reading a, a, a note that there's something like 300 employees with the Falcons organization, and each of the tickets right now listed on StubHub, the, the cheapest is like 3500 bucks. So 3500 plus travel, plus lodging, times 300 employees, that's quite an expensive travel budget, I have to say. And you got to kind of hope that the Falcons win, because imagine having to pay that and they lose. That would be the worst check to pick up afterwards. Ugh, I, I couldn't even imagine looking at that bill and then stomaching, a, you know, probably one of the worst losses in your franchise's history, but early on, the Pats are a field goal favorite over the Falcons. I think the over-under is set at 57, so that that's it's going to be a pretty good scoring game, that at least what that's what Vegas thinks. Obviously, the Patriots advanced to the Super Bowl, and it was a kind of a funny story because the, I, we talked about this last week, that the Steelers players, there was a handful of Steelers players that were suffering, suffering from the flu, and then when they're staying in Foxborough on Saturday night... There was a Boston fan, I guess a, a, he's like 23, 24 years old, and he pulls the hotel fire alarm inside the Steelers hotel. So it's at 3 a.m. in the morning, and everybody has to file out of the hotel thinking that there's some kind of a fire. And, you know, thanks to, to some kind of, I guess, a, a Boston fan. If he was a fan, of, if that happened in favor of my team, I would be absolutely euphoric. But if it happened to my team, and, I, you know, the other, you know, Roles reverse, and I would be absolutely furious. I'd be calling for that guy's head. But um, it's the seventh appearance for for Bill Belichick and Tom Brady to go to the Super Bowl. It will be, I think, it's the the Patriots are trying to win their fifth Super Bowl of all time. They've been to nine. I believe, and that's the most out of the you know, it, 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 that's the most in NFL history. That's a you know that that's the majority of like the bottom half of the league combined as far as Super Bowl appearances are concerned. Um, and it's also one step closer because you're probably going to hear the storyline over the next couple weeks, all the Deflate Gate stuff that's probably going to come back to haunt Roger Goodell because he's he might be standing on that podium, he might be handing that Lombardi Trophy to Bill Belichick or Tom Brady, which would be classic. I would love to see the look on his face. So you'll probably hear that a few more times over the next coming weeks. Uh, for the Super Bowl itself, Luke Bryan, country singer, was announced that he's going to be singing the national anthem. Meh. I'm not really the biggest Luke Bryan fan. I used to really, really like Luke Bryan a lot. And then I uh, got Spotify and my musical horizons were enhanced and I learned how shitty a lot of his music is. Um, there's like, still a couple good ones that you can bob your head to and, and sort of hang out with and, and play it at a party and people like it. But overall, I'm just sort of meh on his music in general. Lady Gaga is going to be performing at halftime. I actually think that's going to be a great halftime performance because Lady Gaga, as weird as she is, which is sort of a, an odd choice for Super executives to pick her, um, considering that she wears, like, meat dresses and stuff, so it's, she's, she's gonna put on a good performance, I think, and I'm gonna be curious, it's gonna be fun to see who she pairs up, because it's never just one singer at the Super Bowl, there's always, you know, an eclectic mix uh, of different talents, so we'll see 
who she, I guess she chooses. I, I, I don't even know who she would choose. It can't be Bruno Mars again. I love Bruno Mars, but it cannot be Bruno Mars again. I think it's going to be like his fifth Super Bowl if he actually performs again. Um, so moving on to a couple more little sports tidbits um, from over the weekend. Olivia Munn, which is Aaron Rodgers' girlfriend, I don't know if you guys have been paying closely attention to, the, I guess, the family drama between Aaron Rodgers and his girlfriend and his family. Apparently, he hasn't spoken to his family um, in since 2014, and that's obviously when, or not obviously, but that's when he met Olivia Munn, and they started dating, and apparently Olivia Munn and Aaron Rodgers' family does not get along too well, so they haven't made contact. Uh, Aaron Rodgers' dad has to pay for his own tickets if he wants to go see his son play. I wonder if he was actually at the NFC Championship game and had to pay for those tickets. Um, but there was also another curious note that Aaron Rodgers w- was very, very close with his grandfather, and when his grandfather passed away, he actually talked to his grandfather before every single game that he wore a Packers uniform for, and, and I, I think it goes back to college as well, but when his grandfather passed away, Aaron Rodgers didn't even show up to the funeral, which is extremely, extremely concerning. Um, there must have been something that happened, you know, that none of us will, should ever know about, or, you know, shouldn't ever know about. Um, but basically, that that's their, their family drama that they've been going through for a little while. So after the Packers lost, Olivia Munn goes to Instagram, and so she posts that she's so proud of the team, yada, 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 they face a lot of adversity, but she goes on to thank those of you who encouraged and supported them by choosing to put out only positive energy, and I'm using air quotes here because she put a bunch of little stars around positive energy, and she said it helped them get this far, and she follows it up with two little, you know, Packers-colored hearts, so I I think that that's a little pseudo-slap to not necessarily the, the family, but also the fans, because this is becoming an increasingly, or it was an increasingly popular story that, especially earlier in the football season when Aaron Rodgers was struggling, people were trying to to, to find a way to, to point blame somewhere, and Olivia Munn was obviously the first target, and then the second target was, well, he doesn't have a good relationship with his family, so he's not playing good on the football field, and he's not having a good personal life off the field, yada, 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 must be Olivia Munn's fault. Aaron Rodgers goes on to win eight games straight, and uh, that sort of piped down just a little bit, but then I think Olivia Munn just wanted to give one final little jab to to the people that had criticized her all football season, and you know, maybe it's rightfully so, maybe it's not, we'll, we'll never know the intimate details of their relationship, nor should we. So moving on to the next story, the Cleveland Browns, they're going to be coaching in the, in the Senior Bowl. Or they're going to be at the Senior Bowl. I don't know who's coaching because I don't really care about the Senior Bowl. Um, but the Browns are going to be there. And another person that doesn't necessarily care about the Senior Bowl is former Clemson quarterback Deshaun Watson. I guess he kind of still is their current... Well, he, if he's declared for the draft, then he's not necessarily Clemson quarterback anymore. But Deshaun Watson, um, the Cleveland Browns asked him to come to the Pro Bowl in order to play in it, and he declined. And the Browns and their fans got a little upset over that, but... I don't if I'm Deshaun, I'm I don't have anything left to prove. I just beat one of the best football teams or one of the best Alabama defenses in school history and this guy in in the Browns a def, an organization that has been proven to be one of the worst run franchises in all of sports wants you to come and and jump through a, a bunch of hoops for them. No. If I'm Deshaun Watson, you Browns, you need to prove yourself to me as to why I shouldn't immediately demand a trade should you be dumb enough to draft me. If I'm Deshaun Watson, that's exactly what I'm doing. And I don't think it's a coincidence that he sends out a tweet today that says, God protect 
protect me from the evil. I wonder if that evil that he's talking about is actually the Browns, which I wouldn't put it past him. I mean, that's where quarterbacks go to die. Uh, they, they, it's a terror, and, and I, I feel bad picking on the Browns, but this is the, this is actually true. They're they're the worst run franchise from top to bottom, leadership wise. I, I do like their coach Hugh Jackson. He he's been a, sort of a breath of fresh air. He he seems like he legitimately cares about getting that team to a place where people actually care about their performance. Um, so I, I want to root for the Browns. I do. But to suggest that Deshaun Watson needs to come to the Pro Bowl in order to prove himself is laughable. It should be the other way around. If the Browns want to court a, a talented guy like Deshaun Watson, it should be him. It should be the organization courting him and telling him, these are the ways that we've changed. Please come here. Please help us win some games and, and win, bring us back to relevancy because um, they're going to need a lot more than just Deshaun Watson in order to bring them back from relevancy. Another team that's sort of not really a shit show, but the Colts, they fired the general manager after five embarrassing seasons. Uh, Ryan Grigson, he had a tumultuous relate tumultuous relationship uh, with that front office, especially with head coach Chuck Pagano. Um, that's it, it's it's really just been five seasons too long. So they get the Colts gave him the boot over the weekend. Uh, the owner Reiner say he's probably he's been rumored that he's going to court uh, Peyton Manning to come in and run the team, but Peyton Manning's never run a team before, so I don't know if that's going to actually work out. I don't. I can't put it past. Peyton Manning in order to take on a job in order to to excel at it, but he's never been a general manager. And 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 Ursay was the one that actually kicked Peyton out the door as they tanked to get in order to draft Andrew Luck. So I don't know why Peyton Manning would want to do them any favors. If anything, if he's going to do anybody any favors, he's going to go back to Denver and work with John Elway because that's a good working relationship, and he's not going to work with a sort of a. I don't want to say a fluky owner in, in Jim Arcee. I, I would say eccentric. Um, he's a little bit different. He's a little bit hands-on. He's a little bit weird. Um, but I don't know. If I'm Peyton Manning, I don't want that job. I don't know what else. Uh, I mean, they're going to find a good candidate in order to replace Ryan Grigson because they do have one of the best quarterback talents in, in the league with Andrew Luck. But it's, it's also not known whether or not the head coach is going to stay there as well. So it could be a situation where they're waiting for the coaching tree to sort of free up after the Super Bowl is completed. Maybe they have their eyes set on you know Shanahan that's rumored to be taking the 49ers gig and it's just a waiting game until after the Super Bowl. How funny would it be, though, that the 49ers are waiting all this time for Shanahan to say yes to the job, and then the Colts just come in and probably, you know, fire their coach and then steal Shanahan away. I think that that would be um, not a good move for the Jaguars and my Jaguars fandom to have Shanahan in our division after we interviewed him for the head coaching position here, but um, I just think it could be a funny situation all in all, or all together. And then moving on to this, I, I have a big gripe. With proposals at games, I'm all for people want to get married, want to be happy, and celebrating their engagements and their their love and all that good stuff. I have a problem with it happening at sporting events because I find that they're incredibly, incredibly tacky. And we saw another one over the weekend, and I think this one was actually fake because if you remember over last baseball season, there was an instance where a Yankees fan was proposing to his girlfriend, and the cameras caught them, 
and what happened is, is he accidentally dropped the ring and it fell on the ground and they couldn't find it for a few minutes so the camera uh, during the game was on this couple and they had just the look the fear of God it is, is in this man's eyes because he cannot find the ring that he was planning that he had just proposed with um, so that happened and it was sort of a cool story because they eventually found the ring and they were, she was a Yankee fan too so it was kind of cool that it, it sort of worked out I think their first date was also at a Yankees game so it, it sort of worked out in a special circumstance where you know the, the the girl or the guy are legitimate fans of the team and maybe that has a special connection and, and maybe that's okay for you know a sports proposal to happen what I have a problem with is over the weekend what happened at an Atlanta Hawks game is that there's clearly clearly a couple that is faking an engagement and it's probably some random employees or some random fans that the PR took aside as they got into the game and said hey we need you to play a trick because what happens is the same exact situation at the Yankees game and you could tell that they were kind of just biting off of it because the kiss cam goes around and it lands on them and the kiss cam is sort of dumb anyways the only time I've ever liked somebody on the kiss cam before is the girl that's double fisting pizza in her mouth which if you go to guys girl and you do the search for double fisting pizza you'll actually see that girl who's on the kiss cam and she's double fisting pizza into her mouth which is it, it, it's fantastic but the kiss cam comes around to this couple and they they do a little kiss and all of a sudden he pulls a ring out of his pocket and then his buddy that's behind him his quote-unquote buddy pushes him like yeah man exciting and he drops the ring and then everybody's you know with the fake surprise look on their face completely completely fake number one this girl is too pretty to be getting engaged at a hawks game number two how tacky is it to do it it, it, it if you're gonna, I don't know, it, 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 it really, really bugs me. Number one, just sports proposals at games in general. Make it intimate, make it special. Do it anywhere else where you, you're, it's not necessarily you're doing it for the cameras to be involved. This is a special moment between you two, and I don't know why cameras need to be involved. But then on top of that, if it's gonna be fake, why even waste your time? Why? I don't understand why teams need to do this. Atlanta, you just have a, you have a team going to the Super Bowl. You don't need to stoop to dumb stuff like this. So stop it with the fake proposals. Stop it with proposing at games in general. Just and, and enjoy your significant other in another place because I, I, I'm willing to bet that 99% of people that got engaged at a sporting event didn't, one of the person, one of the people at that game did not give two shits about the team that was playing. I guarantee it. And, and I, I mean, whatever. If, if you want to still do it, do it, but it's tacky and I don't like it. Um, Moving on to something that's a little bit um, less, I guess, making me want to rant, but the Pro Bowl. I don't know if any of you guys still care about the Pro Bowl. I think they sort of suffered a really big setback when they decided to change the format last year. And and apparently what they did is that they wanted to make it like a kickball style event instead of the traditional AFC per- versus the NFC. Um, so I went a few years ago, j- just as a backstory. And for, for years and years, the, the Pro Bowl was always held in Hawaii. Well, there was one off year that they decided to hold the Pro Bowl in Miami. And that was when Maurice Jones-Jew was still playing for the Jaguars. So he was the starting running back for the AFC, which is one of our crowning moments. Um, when you have, you know, 14 wins over the last five years, then, then that's essentially uh, what you have to hang your hat on. Um, but anyways, I went down to Miami. It was actually a fun experience. The, the, the game itself, there's, there's a whole, like, fan area outside of the stadium and all that jazz. Well, they're not having it. The NFL decided not to have the Pro Bowl in Hawaii anymore, which is essentially uh, just a vacation for the players. 
but nobody was really, you know, fan-wise, there wasn't that much engagement with it, um, ratings-wise as well, because not too many people actually watched it. So they, they tried to change the format last year to kickball style. Um, they've since reneged on that idea, and they're not doing that anymore, and what they're doing now is they've gone back to the traditional format. So it's AFC versus NFC. The starting quarterback for the AFC is Andy Dalton, so that's not even... Uh, it, it's called the Pro Bowl for a reason, and Andy Water Pistol Dalton is going to be starting. I don't know. That's not must-watch in my opinion, maybe it is for Cincinnati fans, but it's not must-watch for me. But anyways, they moved the Pro Bowl to Orlando, so they're going to be having it in Orlando. There's probably going to be a lot of ESPN ties with it. There's going to be a lot of, you know, Disney ties to it. I, I saw a press release that came out today that a bunch of, you know, the athletes that are going to be at the Pro Bowl, they're also going to be at Disney World signing autographs and all that good stuff. So it kind of sounds like a perfect mixture of both of my worlds with Disney and the NFL. Um, but I'm not going to the Pro Bowl, and I, I think I will go in the future. It's just bad timing for me this time of the year. But I don't know if any of you guys care about going to the Pro Bowl as well. But if you do, it's in Orlando on Sunday. It's back to the old format, so it should be better than the kickball style. And we'll see if it's actually, you know, worth a watch. And we'll be back here on Monday, so I'll, I'll be sure to complain about it if it's um, if it's not worth a watch. Or I'll just change the channel, which is what normal people do. Um, so moving around or moving around, I guess I should say, moving along to around the internet. So if you're sort of new to the show, this is what I like to do during football season is every Monday and Friday, recap and preview all the sports and entertainment news that happened either during the week or over the weekend. And so I go through, I run through all the top sports stories that I think are the most important. And then we go into what I like to call around the internet. So it's it's a lot of stories, um, just random, more like geek stuff. Um, so you'll hear a lot of Star Wars, especially when it gets time to around December 15th. 15th, which is, that brings me to my next story, and as we get started with Around the Internet, is that Star Wars Episode 8, which is the infamous chain, as far as if you're falling in line with the the numbered movies, last year we had Rogue One, that was sort of a spinoff, so that's not part in the timeline. It it technically is, but it's not labeled as a number per se in, in the movie. So Star Wars 8 released the movie title for this year's movie coming out in December. So after The Force Awakens, this is the continuing movie after The Force Awakens with Rey and Finn and, and all that good stuff. So it's going to pick right up where The Force Awakens lets off, and it's going to be called The Last Jedi. And I actually picked up a couple of these notes because... If you guys watch any of the Game of Thrones shows, you know that anytime something like this drops, I immediately go to like internet message boards and I try to pick up on all the theories, on all the little tidbits that other people who are much smarter and much more knowledgeable about this stuff pick up on, and then I just tell you guys what they said. Um, so that's essentially what I'm gonna um, I'm gonna tell you guys right now because I think oh I think people see this logo, the Last Jedi logo, and you immediately think. Return of the not Return of the Sith, but you think of the Sith, specifically Darth Maul, who was one of my favorite characters, probably my favorite character from the prequels. Um, but it looks very much if, if Darth Maul had a logo for a face, this would be it. So the Last Jedi legitimately looks like his logo, and it says. And this is a, a fun little fact, but this is the first Star Wars movie title to be directly referenced in the previous movie. So in The Force Awakens, in the opening crawl, it calls Luke the last Jedi. So I wonder if we're going to see this recurring as far as the line is concerned. Probably not, 
but it's a good little antidote to, to, to keep up with. And it, it, let's just face it, as Star Wars fans, we grab onto every little thing and try to find meaning behind it. And speaking of this, they also put in the statement the next chapter in the Scar- in the Skywalker saga. And so it makes you think, like, is this a key to Rey's heritage? Is she a Skywalker? Is she a Kenobi? You you don't know. Or is it, or are they just simply talking about Luke and Kylo Ren as far as being, you know, the, the, the Skywalkers to continue on or the next chapter in the, in the Star Wars saga? So it, a couple little notes, too. It, it says the last Jedi. The Jedi is also, the, the word Jedi is a plural form as well. So it, it doesn't necessarily mean that Luke... Skywalker is the last one and if you remember correctly in The Force Awakens how it ended I don't know how anybody of you haven't seen it but in case you haven't spoiler alert um, but in The Force Awakens it ends with Rey handing the lightsaber to Luke and then the, the movie just cuts out. So that's, they're essentially, The Last Jedi is going to take up right where they left off. And this planet of where they actually, and I don't even know how to pronounce this, so I'm just going to spell it. But the planet that Ray found Luke on is, is, is spelled out A-H-C-H hyphen T-O. So I don't, I don't, I honestly, I don't know how to say that. H-T-O? I don't, you guys can, can have fun with that one. Um, but it was actually novel, it's the, in the novelization of the movie, of The Force Awakens, it's revealed that A-H-C-H hyphen T-O is the first home of the first Jedi Temple. And if you saw Rogue One, you also saw another Jedi Temple, and that was called Jeddah. And so apparently that's where all of the jewels to make the lightsabers, that's where the, or the crystals were found to make the lightsabers. So in Jeddah, that's where they make the lightsabers, and it's this other planet, which I don't know the damn pronunciation of it, um, but that is where Rey finds Luke. And Luke apparently was there because he went there after the events of The Empire Strikes Back. That's where he went to raise up a new crop of Jedi, little Jedi, you know, children. And what happened is that his nephew, Ben, who was then known as Ben, then becomes Kylo Ren. He destroyed all of those efforts, killed all most of the kids, did not kill Rey. It's believed that Rey was on that planet at the same time. So, um, yeah, that, that's sort of where we stand. So Luke felt very guilty about it. He sent himself into exile, so he went to look for the, the, the first Jedi temple, and so that's what led him to the planet where you saw... Uh, Ray giving him the light or giving him his old lightsaber and a, a couple other little tidbits too is it's curious that you know now we're receiving the movie title but the trailer some have said that the, you know the trailer comes out exactly two weeks after when the title drops because that's what happened with The Force Awakens that's actually false so if anybody tells you that tell them they're wrong because it was 22 days after The Force Awakens title was released a couple years or, you know, three or four, probably three years ago, that it was 22 days before we got the first trailer. And if you remember correctly, that trailer came out, I want to say, on uh, Monday Night Football because it was the first time that America collectively could watch a movie trailer together and react to it. Normally when movie trailers come out, they're released to the internet first, and then they're talked about. But th- that, The Force Awakens was the first time that it was revealed to the world, essentially, that you know th- th- this new movie is coming out. So that brings me to Super Bowl. Super Bowl's in two weeks. If the title of the movie is being dropped today, I wonder if that means that we might see a world reveal 
for the Super Bowl for this new Last Jedi movie. It's definitely something... We, we, we're going to get a trailer sooner or later. We're probably going to get a trailer within a month if timeline works out, you know, hopefully in, in good standing. But we could get one as soon as two weeks. And so that this next movie, Star Wars Episode Eight, is rumored to... Fo- not rumored, actually. The, the director, I think his name is... What is it? Ryan Johnson. He said The Last Jedi will focus on Luke, where he's been, how his journey got him there, what he's doing now. So it'll really follow and, and really get to dive in um, how, how Luke has been spending his time. And, and what's also curious is that if this is called The Last Jedi... I wonder how they're going to handle Carrie Fisher's passing. I, I, I still, you know, it did, whenever her death was announced, it was still, you know, obviously it was very heartbreaking, but they also, you know, with, it's kind of a good thing that she finished all of her filming for Star Wars Episode Eight. So if this is called The Last Jedi, I wonder how she ties in with this as well. I'm just sort of spitballing off the top of my head here. But I, I really wonder how they're going to treat her character in this episode, especially now that we have this new movie title and knowing that she didn't shoot any for anything for Episode Nine. So that could be a nice tie or not nice tie in as, you know, I, I guess they're, they're going to try to make the best of a bad situation as possible. So I wonder if that sort of ties in the movie title with Carrie Fisher at all, but the movie will focus primarily on Luke, so that's a good thing. December 15th is the date you need to know, though, because that's when the next Star Wars movie drops, and we'll likely have a new Star Wars every December for the next 10 years, and you won't hear any complaints out of me. And speaking of Star Wars, we talked last week about how there is a bouquet on the market, and it was uh, called a brocade, and it was essentially a, a a dozen roses or daisies, and they're made out of beef jerky. Well, now we have another alternative bouquet because Valentine's Day is coming up in what, like three weeks, uh, three or four weeks. So from Think Geek, and this is uh, Think Geek is one of my favorite websites to buy like really cool like nerdy type toys. So ThinkGeek.com if you if you need to look for like a unique gift like that. But they're selling these second edition bouquets, and what they are is cost sixty bucks, which is cheaper than you know a, a dozen long stem roses. But it comes with nine character plush toys arranged to look like a bouquet, and it looks it looks really cute. So it's it's sort of a mix of the old characters and the new characters. Um, I think a lot of women will want this over a traditional set of flowers or a traditional set of roses. I think if you open up roses on Valentine's Day, it's sort of like thank you so much, but I, you know, I I feel like a lot of women want to feel like they're thought of um, in advance to Valentine's Day. That might not be the case, Um, but just roses just sort of scream, and I I love roses, I do, but they just sort of scream like, meh, normal, and and every girl kind of wants to feel special, so if you want to make your chick feel special and she likes Star Wars, highly advise getting her some cute little daisies. You're going to save a ton of money because you'll pay 10 bucks for a dozen of daisies. And then you'll spend $50 in a bouquet of stuffed animals, Star Wars, Star Wars characters. And then it'll last a hell of a lot longer than some long stem roses, which I read somewhere that the price market is, they're marked up by like, $70 just based off of demand. And I guess, you know, that's the economy we live in, but long stem dozen roses are the, the price markup just for Valentine's Day alone. Don't buy into it. Buy her some different kind of flowers or buy your guy different kind of flowers if that's your thing. Just get them something different, save a ton of money, and maybe throw in some little Star Wars plush toys while you're at it. And so moving on to the next weird story that I found is beer yoga is apparently a thing. 
It got started over in Australia, and apparently it's growing in popularity, and, it, and it's exactly what you think beer yoga is, I guess so. If you can think, it, you're, the, the pictures that I saw were literally women doing yoga poses, and they're holding a beer can in one of their hands. I... I mean, I guess, I, I don't know. I mean, you think about all the different variations of yoga that there is just from a traditional standpoint. And then you have all these hippies that are throwing in extra versions. Like I, I saw not too long ago, goat hippies or not goat hippies, but goat yoga. And people are doing yoga with their goddamn goats. That's too far. It's too far. And I think this is right up there with it. Because if you think about it, you're drinking beer while you do yoga is very, it's a fitness exercise and it's, it's pretty tough. If you've never done yoga before and, and you work your little baby muscles, a lot of times people only work cardio or their, their big time muscles, but yoga, you work your little baby muscles. So if you're trying to drink beer and you, you've got acid indigestion and you're burping up the beer, I, that's just not a class that I would want to take a part in. Just, just, just here's a tip. If, if you want to do the, if you want to do beer yoga, do yoga first. And then drink a beer. Reward yourself for the work you just put yourself through. Even though you're probably going to consume all of the calories you just burned off. But who cares? You just got done working out. Reward yourself. Just stop mixing dogs and cats and goats and beers with your fitness routines. Just go and work out. It's impossible to drink beer and work out and achieve the body that you want to. It's impossible. But I, I digress. So moving on into, I guess, you know, th- this is... No, it's kind of sad news, but not really. Um, Nintendo is saying uh, game over for the Wii U. They have they. This is the console that happened after the Wii, and they have their Nintendo has their next console called the Switch. Nintendo Switch is coming out, I think, in March, early March, and so. The Wii U has had abysmal sales, and the Wii U is the one that sort of looks like the Wii, but also has um, the big gamepad controller that you can take with you. The gamepad controller was a little bulky, didn't have a long battery life, um, it didn't really do everything it was built to do. Um, so the Nintendo Switch, I think, is a good combination of uh, of everything that they failed at with the Wii U. Um, so if you, it sort of to, to put things in comparison that n- nobody's really going to miss the Wii U, especially sales-wise, because if a Nintendo executive has, or, or if his executives or his forecasts go as predicted, sw- Nintendo Switch consoles are expected to reach 10 million by the end of this year. Wii U sales overall, 14 mil. So they're going to do 10 million alone on the new console, but the Wii U sells overall since it's released in 2012, 14 million. So that's 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 nothing. So, but there is sort of good news for those of you who still own a Wii U and you still want to hold on to to everything you got with it. Um, the Zelda Breath of the Wild is going to be the last game, and that that game does look brilliant. It does look beautiful. Um, it's definitely worth. I, I think it, it justifies the purchase of getting a Nintendo Switch, but if you have a Wii U and you still want to get Zelda, then you'll still be able to play that game, but that will be the last game that can be played on Wii U. So sayonara Wii U, I never bought you, never saw a reason to, um, but I will be purchasing the, the Nintendo Switch, um, and I think a lot of people will. And so, for our last story of the night, I want to talk about the most important topic of the day. It's not the presidency, it's not the women's march over the weekend is that we have a new bacon toaster this toaster costs 45 dollars. it's called the bacon express and it cooks six slices or six strips of bacon in six minutes so six 
pieces of bacon in six minutes, and it looks exactly like you. And it looks exactly like you would imagine. It even has a little drip tray at the bottom, so you don't consume all of that nasty grease. And the company actually calls it. The company is named Nostalgia, and they say it's the healthy way to eat bacon because the grease drips right into the tray. But I have a concern that if you can make bacon faster, is it really all that healthy? I don't know if that's a question that I need to answer, but it's only $45 and it kind of sounds like the best $45 that you're ever going to spend. So I think that's going to about do it for tonight's show. We're going to have another show here next Monday and then we'll have a post-Super Bowl show. And then we're going to go into some more, um, especially for, for this format on Facebook Live and Periscope, we're going to go into more of a um, specialty-driven show. So like live reaction shows, um, any kind of special events that come on, uh, more interviews and more guests now that I have my software sort of working smoothly, which is fantastic news. So we'll be able to bring you all the stories that we've been doing on guysgirl.com for years. We'll be able to bring them to you in a, a video format because, you know, times are changing and people consume more video content and more live streaming content now more than ever. The, really, the, it, I don't want to say it's a sad thing, but the blogging world, as as I got started, as I, I grew up in it, is it, sort of going by the wayside. People don't really read articles anymore. They read the headlines, or they, they look at a picture, or they watch a video, and then they move on to the next, because there's just so much content out there to digest. So it's incredibly thankful and, and humbling that you guys you know take part in, in this show each week. So we are always going to strive to make it better, and we're going to be doing this same format. This will still be around so no worries. Um, This same format will still be around, but it won't be so rigid to like a Monday night starting at 7 p.m. or a Friday starting at 9 a.m. It won't be rigid around those times. There'll be more flexibility. There'll still be shows throughout the week, probably more than what we're doing now, but there'll be more condensable or more... um, You'll be able to to digest them easier because it won't be, you know, a long, drawn-out... I remember when we first started doing these shows, they were, you know, more than two hours long, and that's frankly, are you? I wouldn't sit around and watch my own mother for two hours. I'm sorry, mom, but I, I appreciate each one of you who have. But that's the, the name of the internet. The name of the game is that you have to be able to get your content out quickly. You have to be able to get your points out um, faster than anybody else. You have to try to be, you know, smarter than anybody else. And that's certainly what we try to do here with um, with the guys girl show. So it'll still be going on. It just won't be so rigid to to a Monday and Friday show if you if you catch my drift. And we'll be able to bring on more cool guests, possibly even a co-host here in the future. So we're going to be able to try a whole bunch of things in the football offseason. And then when the regular season starts up again, we'll be doing the regular shows as well because football is our bread and butter. That's what we live by. And there's only one game left. So it makes me sad. But then we have the draft and we have the combine. We have OTAs and mini camps and all that good stuff. So we have a lot of things to look forward to football-wise, but only one more game left. Be sure to follow all of the Guys Girl social media accounts. You can follow me on my personal accounts at Blythe Brum, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all that good stuff. Or you can follow the business accounts um, if you don't care anything about my personal life, which I don't blame you. Um, but if you just care about sports and entertainment news, follow all the Guys Girl accounts at Guys Girl on Twitter. On Instagram, it's at Guys Girl underscore. And then on Facebook, Guys Girls um, and all that good stuff. So follow all that jazz. Be sure to watch or read that hockey article because it is really great stuff after my long rant about how, you know, sort of writing is dead. It's not necessarily dead if 
you you break it up into a, a, a great format like Meg did. So go read the new hockey news of the week. Check out all the recap articles on Guys Girl. If you miss any part of the show, I will have it included in tomorrow's recap. That'll be posted right up on Guys Girl. And so I'll include a lot of fun videos and pictures. So uh, hopefully it will keep your attention for longer than uh, five seconds, which is the average amount of time that um, you have as a website in order to gain someone's attention. Five seconds. Sometimes, a lot of times, less than five seconds you have to gain someone's attention. So we'll post that up on Guys Girl tomorrow and um, look forward to a lot of great content coming here in the future. Thank you guys as always for tuning in. This has been another edition of the Guys Girl Show. If you want to catch us on Periscope tomorrow, we'll be also live streaming the Periscope show for Helmets and Heels. It's a local show here in Jacksonville, Florida. We'll be talking about a lot of the same things. More sports focused than anything, so there won't be any Star Wars talk, unfortunately, on on Helmets and Heels tomorrow, but it'll be live streamed right here on Periscope starting at 7pm and that'll go from 7 to 9pm. Catch it on Periscope, Twitter if you have that. Um, Facebook, I'm still working on it. I'm sorry I haven't got that up live yet, but I'm working on it definitely for sure. So thank you guys for tuning in again and have a great night. Go Jags!